The following program is a specialty program. Unless otherwise identified, the participants on the program are not employees of Chorus Entertainment. Opinions expressed may not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Good morning, pal. How are you? Hey, John. Good morning. I'm well. How are you? Awesome. Ready to uh, ready to go. Where are we? Uh, where are we starting off with this morning? Well, you know, I'd love for the calls to come in today. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I traditionally know over uh, doing the show for a number of years, the the December time period and the beginning of January are a little bit quiet. But this is typically the week, if if I'm right, where the calls uh, start back up. Um, so it'd be good to get people calling in to really uh, sort of see if I can help them, direct them in, in any aspect of their health in terms of just providing maybe some clarity on something that they've been wondering or asking a question. Um, and I think it's really important, probably more now than ever, um, when, you know, there's such a tragedy in healthcare in the sense that, you know, with COVID-19, as I've been saying for a very long time now, and I almost sound like a broken record, but the health consequences that we're going to face are, are more than just the disease of COVID-19 as a result of this virus. Um, and and the reality is that a lot of people are putting their health care on hold, um, and that's not a good thing. It's, a, it's actually quite a dangerous thing. And over the last few months, I've given numerous examples of, of people that have had that type of ideology to delay their health care, and it's actually ended up um, in the most serious thing that you could possibly get, which is death uh, as a result yeah. of some type of medical issue. So, you know, it's it's really not something, and I don't say that lightly, and I don't think people should take that lightly either. I, I really would hope that this sinks in, that your health care is very, very important. And, you know, I think all of us can appreciate that, you know, if you hear the story about, you know, someone who thinks they're having a stroke, but they're afraid to go to the hospital, I think we can all agree, like, well, that might be a little crazy, like, you, you should really go to the hospital. But I would not downplay the other things that can happen in your health care, in your health overall, although they may seem benign to you. One of the things that I often will say, John, to people, and you know this about me, is that you don't know the realm of the possibilities that exist. And I can remember early on in this pandemic, uh, we must have only been a few weeks into it and everything had been shut down, even our services. We were really um, limited to emergency care only. And I had somebody who called me, an, an elderly person who I actually know it's a friend of the family. And, you know, they're about 80 years old. And um, they were describing that they were doing something around the house. They picked something up. They heard this loud pop uh, in their elbow area. And now their arm sort of feels funny. And, you know, just based on what he was describing to me, I was fairly confident that he ruptured his bicep tendon. And, you know, that's nothing that we can do on a, in a conservative setting. That requires surgery. Um, so I basically said to him, I said, listen, that, that very much sounds like a uh, like you've snapped the biceps tendon and it probably needs to get surgically reattached. And you've only got a finite window of, of when you could do that. I said, so I'd like you to go to the emergency room and, and, you know, get this dealt with it. And I remember him saying, like, no way, no way, not happening. I'm not going to an emergency room. Like, you know, it's fine. It doesn't hurt or anything. I was just more wondering what this is. And I said, well, okay. Um, You know, and fast forward uh, months down the line, now the arm is starting to stiffen up, unable to use it properly. And now the functional problems are setting in. And I remember I said this to him at the time. 
I said, listen, I know you're afraid of a virus, but if you take the necessary precautions, you know, this thing, although it seems like a simple thing and there's no pain right now, the unfortunate reality of when you lose, a, you know, your bicep function at 80 years old is it's going to it's going to decrease your function quicker uh, with time. Right. Like and, and I didn't even think it would be this quick. I didn't think it would be within the same calendar year. And um, and I was speaking with him before. Uh, the holiday break. And, and I remember him saying to me, like, he could barely hold things. Um, and now there's a lot of pain and inflammation. And that's, as a result, more of the compensation and all these things. And so, you know, now we fast forward. And so the, my point here and why I'm why I'm giving this story is, if you don't like some things, although they may seem benign, can be very dangerous long term, right? And especially one of the key things with the elderly population is, is keeping their independence. It gives them a sense of purpose. It, it makes them, you know, feel uh, like they have something important to live for. And the minute you start losing those things, that can be a very, very dangerous thing. And then you start losing function of an arm. Like that's not insignificant, right? This isn't a, a pinky or something. This is your whole right arm. And, and as dominant arm, may I add. So so that is a, a very, very serious consequence, and that's the realm of possibilities that most people don't understand, right? Because they're not ingrained in, in this type of musculoskeletal management like I am every day, and that's one of the things that I try to say to people. And so I've had numerous things like that over the last few months where I've talked to people, and my recommendation was, you know, you've got to sort of do something about this. And they're like, well, no, not right now. Like, you know, I'm going to wait for COVID to be over. And I'm sitting there like, you know, shaking my head thinking like when's that going to be like how long can you put this on hold for this isn't COVID didn't have this you know well it's going to start in March and it'll be done by June or whatever it was this thing's here and and we could see even with a vaccine and the rollout of the vaccine it takes time so you, if you have something my point is is it's not too late don't keep ignoring it don't keep waiting for well wait till the summer because you don't know what could happen by that point and that's a very very serious thing for people to consider in their overall health you know it's interesting too because yesterday on a, on a different show that i do that you're aware of it uh, we were talking to uh, a gentleman named michael nissen who's the executive director of ryerson's national institute of aging and to your point right. about people maintaining their health and, and keeping active and being you know able to move around he, he, he threw out the statistic that was absolutely blew me away and it was that uh, they you know based on research he said people 65 years and older are 74 times, not percent, 74 times safer aging at home than they are in a long-term care home. I mean, that's oh. that's unbelievable uh, number. So you got to think the longer uh, you can lift your thing. Yeah, you know what I mean? you got to maintain your health if you want to do that, right? Yeah, and, and listen, not to get controversial here, but one of the travesties in, in all of uh, COVID-19 is what's happened at long-term care centers, right? The, the thing that I've sort of cautioned people, and this is not me making an excuse, like things could definitely be done better. But the example is that really anything that is an outbreak in those settings is not going to be good. These are often like if you're at the point where you've got to go to a nursing home, you've got a lot of issues going on. And yeah, that's an absolutely incredible statistic in terms of how profound it is, like 74 times more likelihood of aging well at home. And, and I mean, think of it for yourself or myself, John, like that. You know, we, we can, you don't even need to do the science on that to sit there and say, yeah, that's true. Like, I, I want to be at home for as long as possible versus in any type of institution or whatever, because it's never going to be the same. And, th and that's exactly the point. And that's exactly the reason with 
you know, the delaying of these musculoskeletal injuries, does it expedite getting you somewhere where you need that assisted living sooner? Um, and if it does, well, then look at think about that number that you've just thrown out that you, that yeah. was provided to you by, um, you know, that that's an absolute it's an astonishing statistic. I wasn't aware of the exact number. I, I knew for sure it would be high. But now that you're saying that, it's just it's sort of blowing me away to, to, to try to comprehend that and think, wow, like how important it is to keep our elderly as healthy as possible and as long as possible in, in their homes. And, you know, of course, there's going to be points where you can't do it. Something happens and they need some type of assisted living and stuff. And so be it. Um, and there's yeah. nothing wrong with that. I, I've, I had a grandmother that was in assisted living. Even my dad in the last year of his life had to go to assisted living uh, about, you know, this was going back 12 years ago or whatever it is. But so I'm well aware of it. But, you know, the, the longer you can keep someone in the comfort of their own home and, and have that independence, I think it's also a psychological game, too. Right. To some extent, you feel, you know, you want to be where you you, you want to be. And, and I don't think anybody really wants to go that uh, root and be in those places unless they really, really have to. Yeah, and it's like you said, COVID nineteen has just shone a light on, on on that fact too. That you know anybody now would be scared, terribly terrified to get into a congregate setting of living. And you know, as long as you can stay at home, as long as you can, and actually, contrary to what most people believe, over the long term, it's actually cheaper to keep somebody at home, even with assistance, than it is to pay monthly for uh, for long term care. Oh if yeah, they, if if they yeah. can do it, it's actually cheaper. So if they can do it, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. There there are issues, of course, where. Mm-hmm. Uh, somebody is uh, so so bad, you know, the health is bad enough that they do need the assisted living. Like I think back to my grandmother um, yeah. who, had, who had had a stroke and she was paralyzed waist down. It would have been impossible for us to still care for her at home. So uh, they definitely um, uh, provide an important service. But, yeah, to your point, if, if you can keep someone at, at home for as long as possible. And, you know, a lot of these things, my point being is these things could be preventable, right? Like, People that have severe knee pain, if you're elderly and you've got severe knee pain or hip pain or any of these things, and you're not getting the necessary interventions that you require out of fear of going to a hospital or a healthcare setting during COVID-19, um, you're really just you know, expediting the process of decay, unfortunately. Right. Um, and, the, and the whole key with these degenerative issues that I say to my patients when I see them is how do we buy you more and more time? Like, how do we get to the point where we can make your knee last longer or your hip last longer before you have to go the eventual route? The, the problem is, is even in the most extreme examples, like a knee replacement or hip replacement, those things are affected too. Yeah. Let's take a short break, give you some time to grab a phone and uh, call Dr. Lou here in the Pinpoint Health Show. Comments, questions, bring it on. 416-870-6400. Pinpoint Health Show, Global News Radio. Pinpoint Health Show, we are back. It is 1121, so grab a phone. You have health concerns uh, for yourself. Call on behalf of a family member, maybe a pal if you're a little bashful. Don't hesitate. At least start to get some answers. Dr. Lou here uh, to answer them over the course of the remainder of this hour until just before noon. So bring it on. It is a show for you. It is live. It is a call-in show, so that's why we do it. 416-870-6400. Info at pinpointhealth.ca. The website is pinpointhealth.ca for lots more contact information and uh, all things concerning your health as well. So uh, right back at it, pal. Where are we going now? Yeah, so I mean continuing down the route of um – you know, staying healthy and being available. One of the things that's new for Pinpoint Health that I sort of, I, maybe I've spoken about in the last few weeks, but I'm not even sure. Uh, but we're very, getting very close to our grand opening um, for our 
Performance and Wellness Center, which is actually going to be located in the Woodbridge area at um, Islington and Rutherford. So uh, pretty central. Um, and, you know, really the point of this performance center, one of the things that I've really tried to do with Pinpoint Health, um, the research and the evidence on treating people with musculoskeletal injuries is, is clear. It's clear in the sense that it requires a multimodal, multidisciplinary approach, which means the more things that you can do in that realm of healthcare, the, the better service you can provide to any patient. And, and the, the amount of things that could be done in the pain and injury world are pretty extensive, right? All the way from the most conservative things, um, like you know the passive interventions and therapy with allied health, chiro, physio, massage, um, all the way to minimally invasive things like injections, which we've talked about numerous times, all the way to surgical consults, which are also things and 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 physicians and specialty physicians um, that are all services that Pinpoint Health has in different locations. Um, one of the things that I don't think we've ever done. Uh, maybe to some smaller extent, but this is really supposed to be um, a much grander, I guess, form of it, is the performance and wellness aspect. So how do we get people that once we're taking them through their journey, uh, and if they want to get to the point where they are functionally, functioning optimally, you, they're achieving the best of what they can achieve, how do we get them there? And that's exactly what this performance and wellness center um, is dedicated for. It's really about um, providing a place where people can find uh, between you know the expertise of of healthcare professionals and then also uh, fitness instructors and trainers, how we can uh, create plans that will uh, equal essentially into optimal functioning for somebody in terms of their movement patterns, their function, and all these things, and how can we take them to the next step? And so I think it's a really exciting thing for you know Pinpoint Health, obviously, but it's also a very exciting thing um, for the community, especially in the in the Vaughn Woodbridge area. Um, if you're in that area, please give us a call if you're interested. Um, we can definitely help set something up where we can get you sort of, you know, meeting your goals and, and your athletic goals or whatever it may be. And, you know, one of the things that I always say, John, is a lot of people think performance and wellness is only for elite athletes, right? That's like, what you've I was about to be, ask. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, and that's not what it is. Optimal functioning, like, you know, what I like to say, and, I, and it's actually not mine, I've heard this before, and I don't remember who I've heard it from, so to some extent, I'm, I'm stealing it, but we're all urban athletes, right? Like, we're, you know, we, we are all, if we could be functioning at that level, well, then why not? Why can't, why is that not something that we should try to do and a lot of people have that goal so you know it doesn't really matter and this isn't something like you've already got to be at a certain level when i say performance and wellness and i say optimal functioning i guess where i should clarify is it's what's optimal for you right it really depends on what your goals are and i was speaking to you yesterday um on that other show that you you sort of brought up and i was talking about that i have an individual who um is about to go for knee surgery right now this person is extremely uh you know, was, sorry, extremely active, had done all the big marathons around the world, even the Boston Marathon, everything, an avid runner in his 60s now. And, um, you know, obviously his knees have taken a lot of abuse and, you know, he's going to go for this surgery, but he doesn't want the surgery to like essentially stop him from doing everything that he wanted to do. And we've tried a lot of things before getting to the surgery and the surgery is the right next step for him. And, but he wants to get after the surgery, post-surgery, he wants to get to the point where he can, you know, run maybe once a week. That's his goal, right? And that's a very realistic goal because you're talking about somebody who is running, I don't know, 40, 50, 60 kilometers a week, maybe probably more actually. Um, and so, 
you know, to, to, to want to run, you know, one time a week for, he said, for about an hour, and he's not looking to really beat times or a certain length, but just to get out there and move. Like, he really enjoys running, so he wants to do that. And it's such a realistic goal, and that's what we're going to work towards with him. And it's a realistic goal. So, you know, that doesn't, when I say optimal functioning, we're not getting him back to running the Boston Marathon again, which maybe we could. I'm not saying it's impossible. What I am saying is optimal functioning is what you as the individual define as optimal. Some people who are elderly, you know what they want to do? You know what their goals are, John? Just to pick up their grandkids and hug them and kiss them. Like, just simple things like that. That is what's optimal for them, and they realize that. And then at the same time, you might have athletes, and we do have athletes who want to function at the highest level that is potentially possible, and we'll aim for that. But the real point here is a tailored approach to the fitness industry i guess you could say and you know one of the things that's funny john and you and i can appreciate this how many people join gyms um and you know have no idea what they're doing right it would be the equivalent to getting a car but not having a license or having done anything and you know you you see them in there and they're just everything's wrong about their form and the way they're doing things and they're not understanding the science behind exercise physiology and and the way you should do things or you shouldn't do things well, this, you know, when you're working with professionals, that's the way that you can really take yourself to the next level. And, you know, even people, I know, I remember you, John, a few years ago, you were doing a lot more deadlifting and things like that, and you've worked out your whole life. But I remember you going for some more extra training with a trainer because you wanted to understand how to do it even better. So there's nothing wrong in that, in, in people knowing their limitations. And that field of exercise science and physiology evolves like every 10 minutes so unless you're ingrained in it and that's your job you almost it's it's almost impossible to keep up um with exactly what the newest latest greatest thing is well i mean to your point i'm, I'm just i'm just looking at the clock waiting for covid to end and i get right back to my trainer daniels uh, who you're referring to we've had him on the show before yeah. he's been on 640 before and yeah I, I basically know what i'm doing and have been doing it for 25 years but man there's like you said innovations and it could be it could be something as simple you know working with you as foot placement or you know the hundred oh, percent or, or changing the angle of your wrist it's like oh my god this just opened up pandora's box of good things when it comes yeah. to proper training and, and, and avoiding injury so to your point full uh, take full advantage of it as well right yeah and then the reason so the, the the sort of the thing here i guess with what we're doing and we're meshing healthcare is one of the things that we want to do with this performance and wellness center is really take into consideration people's ongoing injuries and that i think is the unique aspect where the the healthcare side comes in so how you know how can we keep somebody active and and getting them to their sort of goal of optimal functioning whatever that may be along with still you know making sure to take care of their low back as an example and you know i've been learning so much too because it's been such a long time since i was you know took exercise physiology in school um and you know there's so many different ways to do you know like traditional things like you think of a shoulder press right and and there's ways that you can do that kneeling on a bosu ball to engage your core and now if you've got low back pain you know you're not it's this isn't about a shoulder press where you're pressing you know 40 or 50 pounds you might only be pressing five seven eight pounds but you're engaging your core so much that you're really learning how to stabilize during function and that's so important when it comes to rehabilitation of injuries right like one of the things that we work on say with somebody's low back you know a lot of the times i'll work on say a very simple thing is bracing like getting someone to keep that core tight and the minute you show someone how to do that the first thing they do is they hold their breath and and the first thing that i'll say to them after that is like that's great 
But now you've got to learn to do it while breathing because the reality is in life, you're going to have to brace all the time, but you're also going to have to breathe. It's, it's pretty <laughs> essential. Um, and, and so it's so important. And then that goes even further, right? Because then it's like, okay, now brace and walk. Right. And, and then all of a sudden they're walking and then it's like brace and now run and brace and now do whatever and fill in the blank. So that's the important component of performance and wellness. So this isn't just like a fitness center in terms of like a gym or whatever. This is very much customized training with healthcare professionals and in conjunction with fitness professionals in terms of how to get you functioning optimally within the reality of your body, your injuries and how we keep those things at bay because we know really well, John, that the minute you get back into training and doing things and you have all these old injuries, you know, all it takes is that one little thing that's off and, and boom, you're right back to, to not doing much. And so I think it's really important that people consider um, building plans around, you know, the reality of their, their ongoing injuries or, you know, deficiencies or whatever we want to call them. Again, live call-in show, guys. You want to reach out uh, for this or something completely unrelated with your health? No problem. 416-870-6400 is a way to do that. If you want to reach out to Dr. Lou uh, about the performance clinic that we're talking about for the last segment or so, you can do that. one 855 doctor Lou D-R-L-O-U, or info at Pinpoint Health. It also speaks to you know to your to your mental well being as well because you know like you said you make that one wrong move and that old historic injury which has been bugging you for the last twenty five years, bang you're right back to where you were and now it's like oh now I can't work out again now I'm stuck on the couch and that just leads to a whole bunch of crap you don't want to get back into on the mental side of things too so it's so important to have the uh, the right training and the right people guiding you to get back to some sort of uh, shape maybe that you were in one time or maybe you'd like to achieve and never have been in but you got to do the right and you got to follow the right path to get to that point right yeah of course it takes time right and I've, I think one of the things that you and I John have, have spoken about a lot on this show is you know people there's a lot of people that listen that you know we're, we're avid athletes once upon a time and you know you could be someone who used to run I don't know 10 kilometers or whatever and the minute they want to get active again they, they, they forget how to you know, graduate into that, right? It took them years to get to that when they were doing it. And, and, you know, there's this, there's this sort of myth about muscle memory, right? Like where the idea, well, you know, your body remembers and does things like, you know, you're, it's more of a motor pattern thing, but the big thing is to get your endurance back up, to get your, yeah. you know, tendons and muscles and ligaments moving the right way, things that have not been done in so long. So it's such an important thing that, you know, people really are cautious that when they, reintegrate into an activity that you do it in a gradual format that you you start slowly you you work slowly at it you really focus on the movement pattern on the specifics of what you're trying to achieve versus you know going gung-ho right back into something uh that you used to do and and you know for someone that might mean if your goal is to run you're you may even just be starting with walking, right? Like this, it doesn't necessarily mean you're starting with a jog. You've got to understand everything. And that's where working with somebody can really help define that, right? Like if, if, if I had somebody, if I had two people that wanted to start running again and five years ago, they used to run quite a bit and one of them is severely obese and the other isn't, I'd probably start the severely obese person back or not severely obese, but obese. I'd start them with, with a walk, right? And, gotcha. and maybe the person who's a little bit fitter, I, I might, you know, start with a light jog. And, you know, there's so many things to take into consideration in that. And I'm, that's on such a high level because we're assuming that people only have one thing. They're either obese or they're not. And it's right. so much more complicated than that. 
Short break and right back at it. Give you time. You still have time to grab a phone. It's, uh, what, 11.33, so we go till just before 12. And you want to ask Dr. Lou a question about your health for yourself or anybody else, do it. 416-870-6400. We're live here until that time. Pinpoint Health Show, Global News Radio. All right, we're back to it. Hope you're enjoying your uh, Saturday, cold Saturday morning here. And, uh, yeah, still some time for you to call in. Don't bottleneck at the end, though, because we want to make sure we get to your call. So don't wait if you got something to ask or say. 416-870-6400. A reminder as well, Dr. Lou, that the clinics are open. They are serving people, and you continue to grow and innovate. So if people are bashful or uh, a little reticent to to reach out to you, have no fear. It is uh, status quo as far as the clinics are concerned. You want to make sure you put that out there, too. Yes, of course. We are uh, open, providing care um, in an incredibly safe manner um, and taking all the precautions in terms of distancing people as much as possible, cleaning. Um, And, you know, I think uh, I've said this before, but over, you know, now six, seven months of doing this, hundreds of patients a day across all locations, open on average six to seven days a week, some locations seven days a week. Um, thankfully, we've, we've had nothing uh, go wrong in terms of staff outbreaks, anything like that. So, uh, you know, I think that sort of highlights how safe it can be too in terms of people getting the care that they require. So uh, I think that, you know, people can rest assured. And there's a lot of people that listen to the show and don't utilize the services of Pinpoint Health and go to other places, and that's fine. Um, I can sort of speak in general saying that I think most healthcare professionals are taking uh, this level of precaution. And, you know, one of the things that I've said to people that have called me and sort of are like, well, how do I know? It's like, well, just ask, right? Like most places will have um, policies made available. Like as an example, if you go to pinpointhealth.ca across the top, um, you're going to see something that says COVID-19 policies and procedures. You'll see the things that we're doing. And I would think that most places would have something similar, maybe not available on their website, but maybe they can walk you through it on the phone, whatever it may be. But, I, you know, if you're concerned, just ask the questions, um, you know, but even from a regulatory standpoint and, and all of or most healthcare professionals being regulated, um, you know, we have rules that we have to follow whether we want to or not. So uh, and I think, number one, most of us want to. Um, and I mean like 99.9% uh, want to. So, you know, I think it's it's overall relatively safe for everyone. I know, you know, I've been to uh, my dentist during this time. I've been uh, to other healthcare appointments that I had. And, and I've always, you know, and those are not clinics that I have any ownership in or anything. These are just places where I get my care. And I've always felt fine everywhere. Um, so I don't think it's really... Um, an excuse for people to be putting their their health on hold now you know i say that as someone who's you know in their mid-30s and and healthy have no other issues so maybe i'm a little more or maybe i'm a little less cautious because of that fact obviously um you know if you've got other things going on uh then you may want to consider but as an example i've got a mom who's over 70 who has comorbidity um and i've encouraged her to to you know still go to her healthcare appointments. In fact, I thought she needed to really speak with her family doctor a few weeks ago. And, and I knew that it was something that um, she probably didn't have to be seen for. And I just suggested just give them a call. And, and that's the way it worked. And I've sort of spoken about that too, where that hybrid model, uh, I think is going to be a good one where there's a lot of things that maybe might be done over a quick call um, or a Zoom call or something like that. And, and you can get it. Now, I, I'm also a proponent that I don't think that that should replace um Nope. You know, in in person visits. Um, John, are you there? 
Yep, I'm here. I'm just uh, waiting for you to finish. Oh. We'll get to a call as well. We got, uh, oh, sure. I, I heard you. Yeah, let's do the call. You bet. Uh, Alex, thanks for standing by. How are you? Good morning. Oh, I'm fine. Thank you very much. A year ago, I was going to the gym. I had a hip yes. replacement, and I used to do ballroom dance. I had a hip replacement. I'm living alone, and I can hardly walk. What should I do? So you, so you've had a. When was the hip replacement? Sorry, uh, October the fifth. And and how old are you, sir? Ninety. Ninety. Um, you know, I mean, so have you had any therapy following that surgery? Yes, the um, the government gave me six weeks. A uh, physiotherapist came into the house. I haven't been out of the house for about four months. Right. Now, have you been trying to continue moving around the home or, yes, or not? I have one of those cycle units that, that yeah. you pedal. You sit in the chair and pedal, and I go on the Internet and work on lower back exercises. Yeah, good. Yeah, I mean, it's sort of a tough thing for me. It's a loaded type of question. I can't answer it over the phone because, you know, haven't assessed you. Um, but, you know, why... Why can't you walk? There's a lot of things that might come into that in terms of, you know, a lot of times these, these hip, any replacement of a joint, depending, is that the first time you've had it done or, or is, yes, it, yes. is this been done a few times? Yes, no, I've just had the one hip replacement, but my legs won't support my weight. Right. Well, I mean, I guess to me, to me, it sounds like there's some level of weakness, you know, and again, this is me speaking very much, um, you know, just having a conversation, and I think a lot of it might have to do with strengthening uh, and doing those things. Now, you may already be doing those things, and and, the, and it's not working enough. And so, um, I would encourage you to, uh, you know, follow up with whomever, what be it the surgeon that that did the operation or your family doctor, and just sort of see um, what can be done in terms of you know adding maybe more rehabilitation or more physio or whatever it is. But that that is where I think you should really focus your attention and speak to the people that have already been involved um, in your health care and see what their recommendation is. Oh, I just was wondering if you know anyone who does physiotherapy at the house in Scarborough here. Um, I don't know anybody specifically that does physiotherapy at the house, no. And Still got you, Dr. Lou. Thank you very much. You're welcome, Alex. We're just uh, having a bit of a uh, connection problem. If you want to follow up, you can uh, with Dr. Lou. That number is uh, 1-855-55-DRLOU. DRLOU. Dr. Lou would be the uh, with a, would be, uh, be the number rather. We're going to get Dr. Lou back here. We're having uh, some wonderful technological I think, uh, problems. I, there you are. You're can back. You hear me? Yeah. 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 This technology from home, John. It always Excellent. disconnects me and connects me. So we apologize to the listeners. I gave Alex uh, the number anyway if he wants to follow up, and uh, there you yeah. go. We'll take a short break and try to muscle our way through the uh, last segment here, but you still got some time if you want to call just like Alex did. Wisely done, 416-870-6400, Pinpoint Health Show, Global News Radio. And welcome back indeed, 1148, so we got about uh, 8, 9, 10 minutes to go. So uh, you got some time, 416-870-6400 is the number you want to use to call in. Diana, good morning. How are you? Not too bad, thanks. Excellent. What's on your mind? Um, I have a question. I'm probably going to call my doctor next week about this if it doesn't go away. 
Now, the past couple of weeks or so, I've developed a mild pain in both arms below the shoulder, um, not when I raise my arm, but when I lower the arm sort of slightly in a curved way. There's this mild pain. It might be the deltoid muscle, but I just haven't done anything to aggravate it, and it's strange that it's both arms. Yeah, it, it is strange. Typically, if when you're getting so, you know, where my head starts to go with bilateral symptoms is centralizing uh, that. So maybe something at the neck level that you may have hurt yourself and uh, it's putting pressure, creating bilateral symptoms. It could also just be um, disuse if you've been doing less in the last few months as a result of everything going on. Um, I think your thinking is, is, is right in terms of you probably should call. Um, your doctor and just get this sort of um, looked at or some investigation have you what have you tried to manage it with um, nothing really I've just sort of tried it out a few times if it's still painful I do have a problem with my neck I've been told yeah. one of the muscles or ligaments is a bit shorter on one side but my neck seems to be a little bit better the past year or so that I don't have much pain but then all of a sudden, this has developed in my upper arms. So you think it's yeah. a slight possibility it might be coming from the neck. Uh, well, I I'm, I'm not saying I'm not saying it is. I'm saying that that would be you know when I whenever I get these calls on the radio where I just sort of try to walk people through where my brain goes, and mm -hmm. you know I would start to think that it could be something local in both shoulders, um, which as you you've sort of indicated might be. A little strange, not impossible. So then I start to say, well, could it be something more central, um, like the neck creating the problem on both sides? Or could it be a combination of both things, right? So um, I think whoever you see needs to investigate all of those possibilities to come up where with where the issue could be coming from. Yes. So I think if it yeah. doesn't certainly go away within another two or three days, I'm going to call my doctor about it. And How long has it been going on? About a couple of weeks. Yeah, so I, I think you're at the point, like, you know, typically I'll tell people, you know, ride something out for five days to maybe 10 days. After that, I think I think you're, you're at the point where you should probably call the doctor regardless. Okay, good. Thank you very yeah. much. Okay, no problem. Thank you, Diana. Appreciate that. Enjoy the rest of your, uh, your weekend and stay safe. Uh, to reach out, do you want any uh, further information from Dr. Lou? I'll give it to you and anybody else who's, uh, who's still listening to us and wants to get that information, one 855 Five five Doctor Lou D R L O U and info at pinpointhealth.ca. We've got about uh, six seven minutes left. How? Where do you want to take it for the uh, for the end of the show? Yeah, one of uh, sure. Thanks, John. One of the things that I've uh, introduced into my practice and I've been speaking about on the show um, is the genomic testing, and it's and it's yeah. gotten a lot of interest from people. So really, just as we're sitting here listening, um, sort of. Again, letting people know that this genomic testing is available. Um, just simply give me a call, like you've said, John, either call or, or email. Um, we'll have a discussion. This is, again, the genomic testing is not meant to be diagnostic as much as it is meant to be a wellness approach. So if you want to understand, you know, the type of genes that you have and what that means for your overall health, um, this can help you do it. It will look at four big aspects, uh, them being mood and behavior, cardiovascular health, your methylation, and then your metabolism. And uh, I think it's a great thing for trying to understand your overall um 
DNA, what makes you up and, and sort of uh, what, what it is that, you know, you, you have inside of you that, you know, is never going to change really. And what are the things that you can do uh, differently? And I've given a couple of examples over the last few months of, of me personally in the, in the changes that I've been making. Um, and, you know, one of the things that I always say is, is evidence-based medicine is, is the best scientific research. It's clinician experience and patient preferences. So I've been trying to give the clinician experience to do this to myself to see if these changes are if following through with them make a difference. And I would say that the results have been really, really good, like some of the most consistent results I've ever gotten in, in my life, just with simple things like trying to lose weight and understanding, you know, I was able in this report to understand that the consumption of fat for me, healthy fat, of course, um, isn't actually going to promote weight gain in me, whereas, hmm. um, and I actually have genetics that metabolize cholesterol well, so I don't really have to work, have much of a concern on that. Whereas at the same time, um, you know, starchy foods and carby foods do promote weight gain in me. And so uh, I've really gone to a point, I've always done a low carb diet, John. Um, But where it's not been low carb is I still would have a lot of fruits, vegetables and things like that, Um, you know, with the assumption, well, that stuff must be good for you, right? Well, you know, once you understand your genetics, you can take it a step further. So I've actually gone almost... Uh, like you actually, almost into full keto, um, where where I'm having very, very little carbohydrates of any kind. I'm limiting it to probably about 20% of my overall calorie take, intake, um, which, is, which is quite low, but I feel amazing. I'm sleeping better than I ever have. I'm losing weight. I have energy to exercise. So it's actually been really, really interesting. And for me, again, I've always known that the low carb diet worked well for me in terms of wanting to get back into shape. But where I didn't eliminate enough would have been on the fruits and vegetables. And so I'm still, I'm still having vegetables, leafy greens. But as an example, one of the things that I never eliminated from my diet was legumes. So beans, chickpeas, all of these things. Um, which are very high in protein, but they're also very high in starches and, and carbohydrates. And, you know, uh, for the longest time, I love that stuff. But, you know, I really want to try to change things up this year. So I've eliminated that and, and sticking through um, with this has been has been really good. And, and I am really, you know, feeling well. It's, a, you know, sometimes the psychology of it, like I said, I, I love that stuff. So giving it up psychologically might be hard, but the trade off for me is worth it. Like just one of the biggest things that I've noticed is my ability to sleep, which has been the best it's been in years. Um, uh, you know, and, and that's a huge thing because if you can sleep well, then, you know, so many other things will fall into place. It's sort of this one aspect of, of healthcare that's forgotten, uh, which is sleep. And, you know, I don't know what it is about it, but just, again, my sleep's been incredible. Um, and that was simply a result of getting the genomic testing, understanding something about me, making that change, um, and now seeing improvements in in a, in a ton of places, but something that I had never seen before was my improvement in sleep. And for the last, I'd say, eight or nine years, I've actually been struggling a little bit with sleep. And and my intention with this, actually, when I made those changes, was not for sleep. Um, it was more on the the weight loss side of things. And and yet the the sleep has improved dramatically. So it's it's been really really great. I want to mention before we go as well, this uh, genomic testing is not if you want to find out if your you know, great-great-great-great-grandfather came from some cave in Wales. No, That's yeah. not what it's about. Yeah, right? this, is not an- this is not ancestry. No, no. This is, yeah. this is really trying to find out your genetics, like what makes you up. This is not comprehensive. This isn't every genetic that you, gene that you have, but it's these key ones 
um, it, within within those four big categories that I said that can really um, look at your overall wellness and maybe some of the changes and things you can do uh, that can really help optimize you um, and, and sort of give you uh, a firm a, a firm foundation to stand on. I think that's the biggest thing that I've seen with this genomic testing is is you eliminate a lot of the guessing that is involved in so much of healthcare, uh, which is like, well, maybe try keto or maybe try a vegetarian diet or whatever, right? And and this is like, never mind the guessing game. Like, we know what we're doing here. Or like, oh, maybe you should take vitamin C or maybe you shouldn't. It's like, no, we'll know because we'll see uh, how, how you use vitamin C and all these things. So it's it's been really great. You want to call Dr. Lou to take advantage of that for sure. At least have a discussion. one 855 doctor Lou D-R-L-O-U, info at pinpointhealth.ca. You want to go to the website, pinpointhealth.ca, anytime. And the long-form podcast. Check that out when you got some time as well. The Lou Down, wherever you catch your, uh, your favorite podcasts online as well. We'll catch you next time on the Pinpoint Health Show. This is Global News Radio. The preceding program is a specialty program. Unless otherwise identified, the participants on the program are not employees of Chorus Entertainment. Opinions expressed may not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto.